Hello, everyone, and we are live for episode 44 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Jono from Fitness Education Online. How are you, mate? I'm amazing. Jamie, how are you? Good, thank you. And today, mate, we're going to talk about how you have been in the game for over a decade growing fitness education online and how to build a world-class course to get amazing results. So, Jono, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jamie. Super excited to be on. Um, we're using a new software. I'm usually a, a Zoom guy and i got a really yeah, good mate. virtual background on there, but it didn't uh, didn't play up well on this. So apologies for everyone that's watching <laughs> this. You actually get a, a real background. Yeah. So before um, our chat, I was telling John, I'm trying to become a professional content creator and I bought a camera, new software called EBMAX Pro. It streams to 10 channels at once. So page, group, YouTube, everything. And then it actually records the cameras locally. So even if the stream's a bit funky, I'm recording Jono's camera and I've got it forever. Love it. Cool. Well, mate, for those who don't know you, um, I would love to get the elevator pitch. If I met you at a party, Jono, and I said, hey, mate, nice to meet you. My name's Jamie. What do you do? What is your answer, mate? <laughs> so I'll give the, the fitness industry version one because I have to I give it a bit different if it's a barbecue, but simplified version. I run a business fitness education online. We're the number one providers of CEC courses in Australia and New Zealand, and we also run the certificate three and four in fitness. Okay, so I want to back up. What do you say at the barbecue? <laughs> That's a good question. I try and pass it on to the other person. I'm saying, oh, yeah, <laughs> barbecue. I usually say, oh, I'm in the online course space. And yeah. they're like, oh, online course? What's that? Yeah. I'm like, well, Which I run online yeah. courses for personal trainers. And they're like, yeah. oh, to get them certified? And then I kind of start that conversation there. Yeah, Mitch, my dad, uh, Mitch, my business partner's dad asks, Jamie, are you still doing that thing where you call the people? I said, yeah, we're doing that. That's what we're doing, mate. <laughs> Just but, deflect. Cool. But, but yeah, <laughs> my dad has no idea what I do. My dad's yeah. like, I ask him every now and then. He's like, yeah, you're uh, a salesman, right? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, cool. Well, Jono, I want to re, I want to start the story from before Fitness Education Online one of the biggest compliments I can give you, mate, is you've been in the game for almost a decade, 10 years, which is so but impressive. But I'm not that old. You said that a couple of yeah. times. I'm not that old, though. Don't no. expect, you know, just listen, don't expect like a 70-year-old guy or something. Yeah. But, mate, I want to recap before Fitness Education Online because you don't finish school and say, I dream to start an education online business. So talk me through your fitness industry experience before you founded what is now the number one provider in CECs in Australia. Yes. So simplified version, finished high school, went to uni, did exercise physiology. I had a very kind of educated parents. You know, my dad's a teacher, um, head teacher of math. My mum's a psychologist. So, you know, I was always like, you know, you, you, I was brought up, you study hard at school, you go to university, you get a good job. Uh, and the fitness industry doesn't quite work like that. So finished uni, finished a degree in exercise physiology. Uh, the only job I can land was like a gym floor job and an aquatic center. Uh, you know, making something like $40,000 a year, working 40 hours a week, uh, and, you know, cleaning toilets, restocking the soda machine, putting the and weights what away. Was, and what year was this, mate? Uh, <laughs> you really want to get to my age, don't you? I Jamie? really do. I want the timeline. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that would have been around 2009, 2010 kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, something like okay. that. And at that point, uh, that's when the big box clubs were all the rage. There was only yeah. one option in every town. It was typically a fitness first. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Um, and it was all kind of rent-based, which kind of scared me as well, whereas this aquatic centre was a bit safer, you know? You get a, a full-time job, you get, you know, yep. holiday pay, all that kind of stuff, so, right? So just to clarify, what Jonah was talking about there, guys, is if you work at a fitness first, you may be obligated to pay X amount of rent per week to effectively access their gym and access their leads. But from what it sounds like, Jonah, you had like an actual employment in a fitness facility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But the job sucked and the money was rubbish, you know. I did it for a couple of years and I, I was like, oh, I should look to get a, a home loan from the bank. So I went to the bank and I was like, yeah, I've been saving up some money. i got a job. Can I get a loan? And they were like, ah, no. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I've got, I've got to save up some more money. They're like, no, you got to earn more money. And I was like, no, like this job I was in. Because also it wasn't a PT job. It wasn't like I yeah. can grow a business and get more clients. I was on $40,000 a year for life. So I was like, ah, oh, I've got to do something. Yeah. Now. It's one so, of the harsh realities of the fitness industry, mate. Typically it's a passion project. Mm. And then people just end up leaving the industry within 12 months, 24 months, because it just doesn't pay well. 
And at a certain point, you realize that running a fitness business is just as much of sales and marketing as it is learning about the hip hinge, dorsiflexion, thoracic rotation. See, I know fitness stuff and I'm a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go, I'll I'll dive into that a bit more. I'll I'll get to that part in a sec. Because keep in mind, my background was exercise physiology, not even just personal training. You know, and I was one of the youngest, you know, back in those days, exercise physiologists barely exist. I was one of the youngest exercise physiologists. My science and physiology was perfect. Um, my sales and marketing stuff, that's another story. So anyway, you know, I was like, oh, I've got to do something. You know, I've got to find a better job. So I went on Seek uh, and this opportunity came up and it was like, hey, you know, run a boot camp franchise. Um, most of our personal trainers are making $70,000 a year working five hours a week. And I was like, what? I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. I was like, and I'm like, I don't believe it. I'm like, it sounds too good to be true, but it's like a hundred times better. I'll work at the moment. I'm working 40 hours for 40,000. I'm like, fucking, I'll work 40, 40 hours if it gives me 70,000, or I'll work five hours if it gives me 40,000. So, mate, I'm, gl- I'm, glad, you, I'm, gl- I'm glad you said fuck because now, because that's where I'm. That's fine. It's good, man. I can fuck care. <laughs> what was the fit? What was the bootcamp franchise? So it was Ashy Bynes. I'm not sure Ashy if you remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has yeah. a massive, massive fitness app. Yep, yep. So was Ashy, and I'd never heard of her at the time, right? Um, but I just saw the numbers. And, you know, applied for this position, and I just got lucky because I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never run a boot camp before, uh, but my resume looked good. Exercise physiologist, experience in the gym. I probably lied on it a little bit, you know, exaggerated a bit. So was lucky enough to get this opportunity. And most instructors did make $70,000 a year working five hours a day. But I didn't know what I was doing. I was the yeah. worst of them, right? Yeah. Because uh, I lied on my resume to get the job, basically. Yeah, um, marketing expert, sales expert. Yeah, no yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and just to give some kind of stats here, um, at around this time anyway, there are about 75 different locations all across Australia and New Zealand. And you were ranked how good you were. One being the best, 75 being the worst based on retention. It was a 12-week challenge. So the amount of clients you had, the percentage of clients you had coming back for your next one, right? Now, take a guess what I was ranked, Jamie. Out of 75 locations, right? One had the best. One was the best. 75 was the worst. What do you think? It would be a statistical improbability for you to be 75th. So I'm going to say 70th. You're too kind. I was 75th. I was the worst trainer there. Right, and, th- and, and that was based on retention. It wasn't based on sales and marketing. That was based on retention, right? So, and my sales and marketing suck as well. That's, I also had the wild, least numbers. That's wild coming from an exercise physiologist. This is the thing, all right. And this is the, oh, that's a glad a good point you brought up. Then, what I was my positioning then, or the what I thought in my head was, I'm going to be successful because I'm the smartest. I'm the only exercise physiologist here. I'm the smartest one. I'm the most qualified person here. So I'm going to be the most successful. Doesn't work like that. And then even, I heard a quote um, through his business anyway, that was along the lines of, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, right? mate, I'm going to clip this up and send it to a few trainers I know. Because <laughs> Once that, that it, changed my whole model. Like not even the sales, that changed my retention model because my whole positioning was how can I show everyone how smart I am, that I'm an exercise physiologist, I'm qualified. No one knew what an exercise physiologist was, yeah. right? In, New- in Newcastle, mate, Mitch and I were the black sheep of the fitness industry. We were the boot okay. camp boys. We were the boot camp yeah. boys. We were yeah. the boot camp boys that didn't care about technique, that didn't care about form, that would have 50 people in one room. You shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Yeah. But we got more results because we trained more people. It is yeah. not about what you know technically. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Don't hurt people. Learn the yeah. skills required, but it's to a point of diminishing returns yeah. Yeah. where you start to need to learn the business side of running a fitness business. And going back to boot camp, mate, every successful boot camp I know runs it like a boot camp, not a hobby. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, so with those stats, right? So 75th out of 75. And also just for the listeners, this wasn't like, you know, a lot of people have imposter syndrome. It wasn't that, right? There was a dashboard. You would log on and there was a pie chart showing you where you were ranked, right? And I don't know if anyone's had the experience, but it's not a nice experience when you log on and you see your, that's how you know you suck if there's a pie chart telling you how bad yeah. you are. Uh, but I loved it. I really liked it. And I saw the potential because the model was essentially one session a day and the clients were paying 50 bucks a week, right? And they'd get one session a day. 
And I kind of, I'm like, hold on, if I can get my hair, and other people were doing it. Other people had, you know, 40, 50, 60, 100 people in there, right? And I was like, well, you know, what's going on? Mm. And we had to have a conference at, at the end of the year where all different 75 people, trainers would come. And I didn't want to go because I was ranked 75th, right? I didn't want to face the music and realize how bad I was. That uh, pie chart is so confronting. It's short of it Ash Vine saying, you suck, Jonna. That's, pretty, that's the worst thing. Pretty much, right? Um, but here's the other thing I realized from even just the, the mindset differences. I didn't want to go to this thing because I was the worst one there. If I could flip that around now and you said, hey, Jono, go to this room and there's going to be 75 people there doing the exact same thing that you do, but better than you, I would pay to go to that thing. Right, mm. because you could just learn so much, but it's different back in the back when you're in that mindset. But anyway, right, went to this conference, and it was the best thing ever because I had to have a meeting straight away with Ashley Bynes and her business partner, which was her, her husband at the time. And they were like, "Jono, what's coming on? What's going on? You're coming seventy fifth out of seventy five. You've seen the pie chart, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not my fault though. You know, like there's all this competition. You know, in my area, there's." $5 gym has opened up and all these different boot camps at the park and there's so much competition. Um, and I was like, also, the marketing you guys are doing for me is rubbish. You know, none of these leads are giving you bad leads. None of them are signing up, you know. And also, I'm in Sydney. You know, it rains in Sydney. I'm not like in the Gold Coast like you guys where, you know, it's nice weather all year round. Just excuses, no. mate. Excuses, excuses, <laughs> excuses. Yeah. Every excuse. I think I made a couple up. You know, the government I probably blamed, you know, yeah. um, whatever I could. So, yeah. and they were like, right. Kevin, Kevin, Rudd was just, Kevin Rudd was just elected. That had to impact you somehow. Yeah, yeah, ex yeah exactly. <laughs> so I was trying to think, I was going to say Donald Trump, you know, but I'm like, ah, that's not, not, <laughs> not yeah. contextual at all. But um, anyway, they were like, Jono, we got good news and we got bad news. They go, the bad news is as a boot camp instructor, you suck. You're coming 75th out of 75. Uh, but the good news is you can actually do something about it because at the moment, instead of at the moment, you're just sitting here blaming everyone else but yourself, right? You said it's not your fault you suck, it's the competition's fault. What have you done to be better than the competition? What courses have you done? What upskilling have you done? And I'm like, uh, I go to Filex once every two years, and they're like, Jordan, that's the bare minimum. Like, that's what you got to do just to get your CECs to stay in the industry. Of course, if you do the bare minimum, you're going to be ranked 75th. And I was like, oh, interesting. And they were like, okay, our marketing sucks. Is it our marketing that sucks? Or is it your sales skills that sucks? What sales books have you read? What business coaches have you hired? And I was like, oh, you got to do that too? And they're like, also, if our marketing is so bad, why don't you just go and do some of your own? And I was like, okay, good point. <laughs> <laughs> and Mate, like... I, th there's such a powerful lesson in that i speak to gym owners all the day all the time i spoke to one about a month ago it broke my heart he's a really nice guy he's like jamie like my business isn't working and he said what in your opinion why isn't it working i looked at his timetable and he ran one session a week at 9 30 in the morning i'm like mate what do you think and far often it is the obvious thing of why your business isn't working. And until someone brings it to light, yeah. i.e., hey, Jono, you can do your own marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and yeah, and then and then also, also this other thing. They were like, and also you're blaming the weather. You're like, out of everything you blame in the weather, you can go out and hire a school hall for 20 bucks a session. You can solve your biggest problem for 20 bucks, but you're too busy sitting here blaming everyone else but yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, look, your position's safe, but what we want you to do for this next year, if something comes up, instead of coming up with an excuse, do something about it. And just do that for a year and come back next year and see what happens. And I was like, okay. And also at this conference, like all other 75 trainers were there, right? And you knew you actually had a name tag with your, your not your number, but your location. And I knew <laughs> that, that would have been brutal. <laughs> just on your forehead. <laughs> right 75 out of 75 um you know one would sit next to you you know yeah. um but i i knew what each location was ranked and you know to start with i sat down a couple guys i knew 68 72 you know the conversations were you know footy and whatnot uh, but then you had to change tables and i ended up at a table with like number one and number three and number four and the conversations were totally different and it blew my mind because at that stage, I was like, oh, the top people are going to be, 
the fittest people, the best looking people, they're going to be models, they're going to be body, far from the case, right? They were just normal people that looked like me, maybe even worse. Um, but the conversations was like, the conversation, there were two things. It was education, right? It was kind of like, oh, what courses are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this course. Oh, that's on my list once I've done one, two, and three. And I'm like, wow, these people are doing mm. extra courses that they don't have to do for like a thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, but they can do it because they've got a hundred clients and they're so got so much money coming in. Um, but then I was so like, it's interesting, oh, right? So you had the experience with Mister Sixty Eight talking about rugby league. Yeah, you had the yeah. experience with one, two, three, four, and five. And as as opposed to saying, I need to do something about this, you're, the old Jono said, "Must be nice." Mm. If you yeah. want to piss me off quickly, Jono, if someone says, it must be nice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it was, well, that's why I put two and two. I was like, hold on. Do they have the money? Uh, wait, uh, are they doing these courses because they have the money? Or do they have the money because they've been doing these courses? All right. And it's then the chicken or the egg. Exactly. And then the other thing was like just the level of um, love they had for their clients was kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this for my clients. Just they do it so much other, above and beyond what I was doing. And it was the same kind of thing. I was like, oh, well, of course you can go above and beyond if you're making that amount of money. But I was like, hold on, maybe they're making that amount of money because they're going above and beyond, right? So, and if we're talking about numbers here, these people had like 100 people in their boot camp paying 50 bucks a week. And it was give or take a 60-40 split, right? So it was decent money for, for one hour um, a day. But anyway, after that, I was like, okay, I've got to do something. So I booked myself into a, you know, a boot camp CEC course. And it was great. Was it was mainly workout based, wasn't so much bit of sales and marketing, but the sales and marketing was pretty rubbish, to be honest. Can uh, I back up there, Jono? You went to yeah. that conference, you met number one, two, three, you met number sixty-eight, you're number seventy-five. Yeah. How long did it take you to look yourself in the mirror and say, This is my fault? Um pretty much straight away that day, because they also like after that, there was like a presentation that um Ashley and her partner gave. It was like a Tony Robbins kind of one. It's actually straight ripoff from Tony Robbins. So they went to Tony Robbins after and he gave the exact same thing. It's kind of this graph, like above the line, below the line. I don't know if you've seen it, where it's like I above the line. It's kind of like the simplified version is people that play above the line win at whatever they do. People that play below the line lose at whatever they do. And people that play above, and as soon as I heard that, I'm like, just tell me, tell me what this above the line stuff is so I can do it and win and tell me what this below the line stuff is so I don't have to do it. And it was essentially people that play above the line take ownership and responsibility for everything. People that play below the line, people just blame others and come up with excuses. And this was like right after I had a meeting with them. And I was like, okay, some of this make. Oh, and this is another step as well, sorry. I was fighting with them at the early stages, you know, in that meeting. I was like, nah, 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 I don't, I don't believe that. That's not why it is. And they were like, look, Jono, let's put this in perspective. You're coming 75th out of 75, and we own all 75 locations. <laughs> Maybe we know something that you don't. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing that blew my mind was just the numbers there because it was like um, give or take, each location would pay them about $1,000, give or take, a week, and mm -hmm. there were 75 locations. So they were so making $75,000. Yeah, they were making $75,000 a week without even running a boot camp, right? And just to further it still, Ashley was a high school dropout, right? Got a job, dropped out of high school, you know, marks weren't great, got a job at Valley Girl, got fired from Valley Girl, didn't know what to do, you know, got, got a personal training qualification, started a boot camp, was successful, started another one, here we are 75 later. And I was kind of like, and she was like 24 at this stage. And I was like, man, what's my excuse? You know, nothing to get, I love you if you listen to Ashley, you know, but, you know, she's a, 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 you know, high school dropout, 24 years old, you know, no qualification. I'm here at like a 27, 28 exercise physiologist, you know, white male, no excuses in the world, you know. Changing, changing your beliefs is so important. Yeah. I used to think it was all about leads and sales until I speak to more gym owners and it's sometimes they're limiting belief. Uh, I worked yeah. with a company that did 20 million a year online, sorry, 15 to 20 million online. And I looked yeah. at them. And I love these two guys. They're both really good friends of mine. They're not 20 times smarter than me. Yeah. And that is not taking a shot. That is like saying like, hey, if they can do it, if yeah. I'm 5% as good as them, I can make a million. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That, that's what it was for me. Like a very traditional, you know, 
my, my upbringing was you finish high school, you go to university, you get a full-time job and make $80,000 a year. The fact that someone was making $75,000 a week that was a high school dropout had no idea that was even a thing. So mm. that kind of um, you know, helped there. But um, Before I signed up for that a mastermind mate once, uh, yeah. the owner was doing some organic marketing and he used to share his weekly spreadsheet mm. and it was like 280000 a week every yeah. single week and it was yeah. too comprehensive to fake. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is that? Like, yeah. And my first instinct, like you at that conference yeah. was like, that's not real. I yeah. don't believe that. It's not my yeah. fault. Yeah. But it was real. Yeah. And you can either confront the truth that they know something that you don't. Yeah. Or you can keep blaming other people. Yeah. This is this was this is my take there. This is why I think it's so hard for people and why it was easier for me at the, at the stage. Because the, the hard thing is you need to admit, for lack of a better word, that you suck at what you do, right? And I think in Australia and in Western countries, so much of um, what people think about themselves is their occupation. I'm a personal trainer. You know, I'm a, a mechanic. You know, I'm a lawyer. You know, it's so ingrained into who we are as people and you kind of need to admit that you suck at that. It feels like you suck as a person, right, which I, is hard I, to do. Yeah. You go. Uh, all these podca podcasts get woo-woo, mate, because I believe more in mindset and beliefs more than ever before. Yeah. Like, of course you suck. Yeah. It's okay to suck. Like, you haven't yeah. had a boot camp before. Like, exactly. why would you be number one? Yeah, exactly. Like, and if exactly. you can accept that and you can acknowledge that if I keep trying, I'm going to suck less, and yeah. then you suck, you suck, you suck so less that you end up being good. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, um, yeah, as you said, it's kind of, that, that's the key. It's like, I suck at this now, right? I don't suck at this forever. It's okay to suck at this now. What's not okay is to keep sucking at it, right? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, long story short, finished that conference, straight away booked into like a, a bootcamp CEC course. And it was great. Learned a bunch of workouts, bunch of stuff, um, and saw my retention improve just from that, just from getting like new ideas and meeting people. And I'm like, this is great. Let me do another one. Did another one, same kind of thing. And it was better because it was like a compounding effect. There were things that like I did at that first course. I'm like, ah, this won't really work. But then I saw things done at the second course. I was like, hold on, if I put these two together, then they could work. And then, you know, did a few more courses, got away from doing specific bootcamp courses to more kind of equipment. He's a kettlebell course. He's a suspension course. And they really helped with retention too, just in terms of, I do a kettlebell course and actually learn how to use kettlebells and fix people's techniques with it. I remember this one situation, which helps in terms of an ROI with that side of things. Is it the kettlebell course? Learn techniques on how to fix someone's kettlebell technique. How to bring a friend week at boot camp. Um, had kettlebells. Fix like two people's techniques there. They're like, this is great. I never knew I was doing it wrong. Sign me up now, right? So that kind of helped there. Um, then also did sales and marketing courses as well. I'll get to that side of things in a sec. But did those as well, um, and another, and obviously listen to podcasts, read books. But another key thing that that kind of helped as well was watching other, going to other um, instructors' classes. Not even necessarily boot camp instructor classes, just like classes mm. at gyms, circuit classes, whatnot. Because I was speaking to a group fitness manager in a gym I was training at, and she was like, "Here's the thing, John. She goes, a good instructor is a good instructor. I know these three people. I can put them on any class, any time, any gym, and they're going to be packed." because they're good at what they do. And I was like, okay, I need to go to these people's classes and just see what they're doing differently to the others there. Long story short, did all that. Went back to the same conference 12 months later. Now I'll take a guess what I was right. Number three. Ah, number one. Come on, man. Number one. Man, yeah. 75 yep. to number yep. one. Yep, 20 you would, have, you would have been sitting next to number 68 thinking, mate, you can do it too. <laughs> exactly. So went from 20 clients to 100 clients, went from a retention rate, something like 40% to 104%. So when I had 20 clients, like only eight or nine would come back for the, the next round. When I had 100 clients, all 100 came back to the next round, plus three or four that had canceled earlier and were like, oh, no, nah, you know what? I miss it. I want to come back, right? Mm. So that was great. Then opened up a second location, similar thing the next year. Um, and then from there, different people started to ask me, they were like, Hey, John, how'd you do it, man? You're like 68 and 32. Like, how did you do it? What are you doing? 
I'm like, well, it's quite simple. All you need to do with these 20 different courses and listen to these 10 different podcasts. <laughs> before you, before you go. The thing there as well that really helped me kind of through this journey as well, time, but also investing money, right, into courses and, and that kind of stuff uh, and conferences and traveling. Um, I usually travel two, three times a year to America, to New Zealand, go to different marketing conferences, fitness conferences. And I remember the first one. The first one I went to was it was um, an idea conference, basically like a Pilex, but in um, Los Angeles. It's like 10,000 trainers that go, heavy hitter speakers. Um, and it was a big decision for me to go because it was something like all up, including tickets, flight accommodation, it was about four or $5,000 for about four or five days, mm. right? So a lot of money. Um, but I went and I was the only Australian that went, right? And I learned heaps from that there. Even just a membership. I remember the first lecture I went to was membership sites. Came back to Australia, started a membership site. Um, before too long, had like 300 people in this membership site at I think 30 bucks a month. Um, yeah. I was making $10,000 a month just from a membership that I learned from like a $4,000 investment thing, right? Um, but the thing was like, the, it was a lot of money at the time. And it, what it did, I did take a hit doing that for four days. And I did think it was silly. But the advantage is I went to the, I was the only person in the country. I was the only person in the continent that went to this, <laughs> that went to this thing, right? So you can go to things like, you know, Filex, which is great. I love Filex and, and whatever conferences are around. But usually you go there, it's your competitors that are there as well. So you're not really getting ahead. You're just kind of not falling behind, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can do the things that the other people don't do, that's how I found I, I really got ahead. If there was something that, so I was in the same position as somebody else, right? And here's another thing. Here's another stat. There's still people I know from boot camp, from Ashley Blind's days, who are still running a boot camp, still in that exact same position, charging similar amount, similar amount of classes. Um, and since then, you know, I've gone and, and gone a whole different pathway uh, just because of those things. It's like, all right, there's someone else in my situation. Nine out of 10 people won't do this because it's too much money or it's too hard or it takes too much time. Beautiful. Let me do that thing so I can get ahead of them. And then the next yeah. stage, next stage, next stage. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll share a story with you, Jono. So when we first yeah. started consulting for gym owners, I was doing an agency model where I was helping gym owners run their ads and get their leads. And then my hero released a hundred million dollar offers. And then oh, every yeah. kid in their mum's basement is yeah. now running an agency. Yeah. And I thought running Facebook ads isn't that difficult. It's yeah. very hard for me to protect my position, very hard for me to charge a premium. Yeah. And that's why we built our done for you everything service. It was the hardest three months of my life building this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, no one's going to build this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to build it because I've done those courses, mate. I've been to those conferences. I've learned about yeah. marketing. I've learned about automations. I've learned about Zapier. I've learned about sales. I've learned about Slack. I've learned about integrations. I've learned about API keys. I've learned yeah. about Twilio. I've learned like, like it hurts my head thinking about it. But yeah. once you stack course on course on course, yeah. And those skills compound, you end up with this thing that is so hard to duplicate, so hard to build. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's one of my favorite quotes. Along the I don't even know if it's a quote, but it's like, if you want to do like something that's easy, if you just want to do something that's easy, like anyone can do it, which makes it less valuable. So it's mm. kind of like, you've got to make that choice. Sorry, you want Wait, to do it? I, I think it's an Andrew Tate quote, actually. Is it? <laughs> I don't, I don't mind him either. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like his, <laughs> his interesting. I don't want to bring him up too much on this because it's so yeah, divided. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, okay. So anyway, and then what happened? Like I did all these things and when someone asked, well, how do I do it? I'm like, it's easy, do this. But then I realized 9 out of 10 people aren't going to do 10 out of 10 people aren't going to do that, right? But I was like, hold on. Maybe I can put together an online course that kind of instead of someone else going to all these different things, maybe I can put together a course that's tailored specifically for the person that, that is running a boot camp. Because a lot of these courses I went to, let's say, for example, I went to a, a kettlebell course or a suspension course. They were kind of tailored where it's like, right, we're at a gym, everyone grab your own kettlebell, right, do this, do that. You need a heavier weight, grab a heavier weight. That's fine mm. if you're running, if you're doing one-on-one -on -one PT or if you're running a specific kettlebell class. If you're running a boot camp, and you got 20, 30 people in there, you might have five or six kettlebells. It's completely, you're not doing Turkish get-ups and, and that kind of stuff, right? Same with suspension. 
know, it's like, fair enough, if you're in a room and there's 20 different suspension trainers, 20 people, that's totally different to if you're running a boot camp with 20, 30 people, you got five or six suspensions. Even the sales and marketing side of things was very different if you're doing a face-to-face -face consultation in a gym selling, you know, a 10-pack of personal training versus you're selling over the phone with a boot camp, right? So the, your the theory was is you had to do 20 courses to get 26 courses to get the A to Z knowledge of what to run a bootcamp. And you yeah. thought, I'm going to put all this in one entire course and put it in a sequence and an order that makes sense for someone to open a bootcamp from day one to have a hundred members in 12 months. Exactly. And it was even better because I sucked at what I did. And this is one thing I've learned, right? Initially, this is one thing I've learned. The, the better someone is at something naturally, the harder it is for them to teach it right? Because it just comes so naturally for them, it's common sense. So if someone's naturally good at running a boot camp. It's very easy for them to be like, yeah, yeah, no dramas. Hey, just, just post this kind of stuff on social media and just give the person a call and tell them about it. And, you know, and when you're at the boot camp, just show some personality and make it fun. And like, for them, that makes sense. But if you're yeah. not naturally good at it, that's a foreign language for people. Oh, and I, I was love able the, to say, yeah, I love the, NBA. I love the NBA, mate. And Michael yeah, Jordan, the most successful yeah. player in the history of basketball, but the most unsuccessful franchise owner ever and there was a video on him and he would just get so frustrated because people couldn't do what he did but yeah. he forgot that he might be the most talented player of all time yeah. and then you've got the nerdy guys that are coming off the bench that had to learn the techniques that had to learn the strategy just to make the league yeah and then they can give the strategy to people like them who aren't michael jordan Exactly. Bang on. And that's that's exactly why this course was successful. Because it was like, I don't care how bad you are at running a boot camp, you can't be worse than what I was. So it's mm. it's literally everything there. So did that, right? And it's even a bit of a thing there. So I was like, all right, cool. I know there's there's this will be a great thing. People want it, people are asking for it. I know I can put it together. Um, it was difficult at the time, but looking at it now, it's so easy to why I did that. I'll even tell you this, right? So I was like, all right want to create a course and this is back probably 2014 maybe 2015 kind of thing so online courses weren't really a big thing most workshops were face-to-face -face. and i was like oh, i'm working monday to saturday i don't really want to give up my sunday and run a workshop you know like hmm. i've got to work that day i need to you know promote for that day and then if no one comes i've wasted the money on hiring and that sort of thing and or worse still maybe one person comes then i actually have to run the workshop all day for <laughs> one person so i was like let me look into this online thing I had no idea about online i was a face-to-face -face, you know boot camp guy um went on google found some guy and he was like yep i'll build you a website with this for twenty thousand dollars and i was like ah not worth it you know like it's not gonna do it um anyway i was scrolling through facebook and an ad came up for an ebook and once again this is back in 2015 it's not like now where everyone knows what an ebook is and an ebook now is just you know a one-page thing to get your email right this yeah, is back when it was made in Canva by AI. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Back in these days, like ebooks were actually almost like books, but I'd never heard of it. And I was like, what is this? So I purchased it and it was pretty good. But I remember going through it and I'm like, hold on, this is just a Microsoft Word document saved as a PDF. And I'm like, I'm a technological dunce, but I don't know how to open Microsoft Word and save as PDF. This is how I'm going to create my course. And also, this I, I want to jump in there. The most successful yep. entrepreneurs I know, they're curious. They go down the rabbit hole. What is ebooks? Mm. Why is everyone adding me to a Facebook group and welcoming me in? Mm. And if you really look and open your eyes and you see things that are happening time and time again, and there is a pattern, if you can identify the pattern, i.e. Jono spotted ebooks very early, you could be really successful. 100%. And that's the key as well, early here. Because, and I'll, I'll show you, I'll go deeper here for a sec. So saw that what, what an ebook was. So I was like, great, you know, let's put, to, I'm going to put together a course, paired up with my business partner, Travis. Shout out if you listen, Travis. And we put together this solid ebook. It was like, it was a manual. It was a course, right? It wasn't a, a, a yeah, it was, let's call it a course or a manual like 80, 90 pages, everything you need to know to run a successful bootcamp. Uh, there was one problem with it, and that's, it looked like a Microsoft Word document, thanks <laughs> to the PDF. So I was like, ah, oh, I've got to make this look better. So I think I took a, a night off work, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to edit this and make it look good. So I took a night off work, went to edit it, and made it look worse. Because anything like me, you don't know Microsoft Word, 
there's nothing harder. You know, you, you try and move <laughs> something, and it, you know, it indents and it wraps yeah. over the text and it was, it made it look worse. So I, was, I went on Google to try and figure out how to fix it and I stumbled across the website Fiverr, right? Now, I know now most people probably know what Fiverr is, but once again. It, even, that, even that thought, mate, like we are so in the weeds of the industry. Most yeah. gym owners don't know Fiverr. Okay. Like I spoke to a gym owner the other day. He owned a franchise. Yeah. And I said, Oh, like, do you listen to Alex Hamosi? He's like, Who's that? Oh, wow. And I was like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, we are so in the weeds, mate. Like, I see and I see and know everything early. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that was, um, yeah. So I found Fiverr and it was different in those days. Now it's changed a bit. In those days, you could literally get anything you want done for $5. Right. Listen to this, Jamie. This story blows my mind. Right. Because I went on there, there was a guy that said he would slap himself in the face for five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who is this idiot? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pay it just to see if this is real. So you know, paid the five dollars, and within five minutes, sent me over a video of him slapping himself in the face, and it was a solid slap, right? It wasn't a soft one, and I was like, hey, fair game. That was money well spent. But then I was like, hold on, this guy didn't say, hey, Jono. Or anything in the video so uh went back to the the video and it was an unlisted youtube video that he sent me which had one hundred thousand views right he so this a, guy made five hundred thousand dollars by slapping himself in the face once so that that taught me two lessons right that taught me one the power of like an online course or an online thing where you do the work once and you just get paid forever and ever and ever but also it just goes back to that mindset side of things. I was like, and this guy that this guy that slapped himself, he wasn't, you know, Mr. Charisma. He had no charisma, he had no personality, could barely speak English. Like if he can make half a million dollars by slapping him in the and I thought he was an idiot at the time. And then I was like, no, I'm the idiot. You know, this guy's made half a million dollars slapping himself in the face once. So um, mate, when someone sees someone that's successful, and they get that right? instant when someone sees someone that's successful. Yeah. And they had that instant response of that guy's a scammer. Yep. That guy's a fraud. Yeah. Why do you think that is? That's a good question. I've never thought about it. Give me a sec to think about that. Um, look, I think it comes back to what we touched on earlier, where you kind of, like, if you see someone that's doing that, you kind of, like, I think you compare yourself to that person, right? So let's say, when well, I used to think like that, oh, you know, there's, that person's a, a scam or a fraud, whatever. Like, um, hold on, give me one sec. Um, yeah, I think the initial thing is if that person's doing it and I can't do it, I need to either admit that I'm not as good as that person there or that person needs to be a fraud. They're the only really two options that you've got, right? And I think mm. for most people, it's just easier to think, or most people don't want to admit that, I'm not as good as that person there. So that's it's, just, it's easier to tear the tower down than to build the tower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. So but anyway, with that Fiverr story, the other thing, I found someone on Fiverr to make the ebook look nicer. Um, but I also realized, hold on, I can just use my phone and take videos and put them up on YouTube as unlisted and then put that link in the ebook. And now just with those little changes, the ebook went from being a Microsoft Word document to like a nicely formatted, or I'm going to say super nice, like I paid someone on five, <laughs> five bucks, but way better than what didn't completely suck. Um, and also videos in there it was now just as much a video course as it was a, an ebook. Uh, and the production value for that was $5, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Now the production value of our course is obviously a lot more with number one CC providers in the world, run a search drink for fitness. Um, but in those days, the initial one, the production value was $5, right? I can't remember the exact amount of money we made off that course, but I think it would have been around pretty close to $100,000, even let's say $50,000 at least, right? Just from a Microsoft Word document saved as a PDF with someone on five or five bucks and unlisted YouTube videos um, in there, right? So there's a few lessons there. I think, uh, and actually I'll go back a step as well. And we sold it, I think about $300. We sold that for at the time. Um, and I was super scared. Remember I sold the first one and I was like, oh man, this person's going to complain. They're going to be like, oh, I already knew. Because keep in mind, I was good at running a boot camp in my little ecosystem, 
of 75, 75 people, right? Mm. I, it, I didn't know what, you know, other franchises were doing. I didn't know what people were doing in Perth and Brisbane and whatever, you know? So the or Curry Perth, Curry, 508, yeah. just going to throw that in there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I had no idea. So the first one I sold, I was kind of like, I was scared because there was a feedback form at the end. So I remember when I got that first feedback, I was so scared that it was going to be one of two things. I thought it was going to be, oh, I already knew this stuff. You know, this course is so basic, it's bad. Or I was going to be like, you just sold me a Microsoft Word document for 300 bucks. <laughs> give, give me my money back, right? But yeah. got that first feedback and it was great. I was like, oh, this course is so good. You guys have thought about everything. I could do it in my own pace, in my own time. I could either watch the video or I could read the thing. So great, 10 stars. And I was just like, whew. But for the yeah. first like four or five feedback, I was so scared. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, th I almost thought I was a scammer. I was like, oh, man, I've sold them Air. I've sold them Microsoft Word document. But the feedback was so, so good. And then after about a fifth one, after about the fifth feedback of like, this is great, content's so good, I love it. Then I'm like, right, let's go to town on this thing and, and really mm -hmm. grow it. So there's that. Um, but the other thing I just want to touch on here for people that are thinking of getting in the, the online course space, um, do you know who Dan Henry is? Do you know him at I all? I do, James? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like his uh, YouTube channel. It's good. Yeah, so he's kind of a, a heavy hitter in the, the online course space. And he's got a, a saying which is like, to, um, to start with, you want to sell ugly, right? Any kind of product you have, you want to kind of sell it with as minimal effort as first and see if it gets traction. Yeah, right? you want to you want to see if people want it before you build out this masterpiece. Exactly. And most people, because I do a lot of work in the online course space now, most people that create an online course, they spend like ten, twenty thousand dollars websites, graphic designers, copywriters, um, software, and they spend like a year creating this thing, right? And, and then and they make then one they, Facebook post. Yeah, but, but yeah, they make one Facebook post, or if that, and but they might not even have a following of people mm. that want the, that want the thing. So it's kind of like they've spent all this this money and this time creating this one thing that nobody wants, right? And then it gets worse still because if you spent a year and thousands of dollars creating this thing, you don't want to give up on it. You're kind of like, oh, I spent all this time and money. I need to make it work. So you spend more time and money trying to make this thing work that doesn't work, right? So that's one. And I didn't know this at the time. I just got lucky. I was just like, oh, I don't want to spend a lot of money. I want to just do the bare minimum. And then if it works, take off. Um, mm. But that worked really well. So I think that's a good message for people listening. And there's, we can go deeper down that as well. I probably don't have time, actually. What, where are you, what time have you got, James? I, I, got all, I, got 11, I got 20 minutes, plenty of time. Okay. Yeah, cool. So, but even, yeah, the simplified version there is like if you are thinking of creating an online course, to start with, see if there's interest. Or to start with, see if you've got a following. Because if you don't even have a following and you create this great thing, the second you've finished it, you've got to try and sell it yourself. And if you've got no following, who are you going to sell it to? Well, that's the exact same version of Jono, who was the exercise physiologist that couldn't sell a yeah. membership to save his life. <laughs> yeah, touche. Like, it's almost, it's very, very hard for people to understand that if they are amazing technicians, if yeah. they are amazing at what they do, if they have an amazing course, if they have an amazing product, people aren't going to find you. You need to find them. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I see people do it all the time. Like take imperfect action. Mm. We started our done for you service, mate, in May. I had a knee surgery the day before we started. I've always like, I've always got good timing. And we had two gyms and we had bookings going into calendars left, right and center. We didn't have contact names, custom values. But every single day it got better because within one day of launching an ad for done for you, everything, I knew it was, I knew it was a great offer. Yeah. But if I built this thing, if I, and even, even if you build the perfect thing, you don't know what you don't know because you get feedback from customers that use it. Mm. A good example would be, Hey, Jono, like, I don't know how to run, I want to run Facebook ads to my bootcamp. How do you get a business manager? And you'd think, Oh, I'm going to add that video in. Yeah. Exactly. There's a few, yeah, I'll even, I'll even share some tips here. It's like, yeah, so there's a few stages, right? I think stage one is even just interest because it's like, um, I think a lot of people that are passionate about what they do, they want to create a course about what they're passionate about. Kind of makes sense. Um, mm. But that's not always the best way to make money off it, right? Really what you want is what does, what does the student want? And it might, it might be completely different to what you got, or it might even be just a slight little tweak 
And I think that's kind of point number one. Even it's a bit different now because I've been doing it a long time, but even still, before I create an online course, the first thing I do is record a podcast um, on that topic, right? Let's say Jamie's like, John, I want to put together a course on Facebook ads, for example. I'll be like, right, you know, um, Jamie, before we even talk about that, let's jump on a podcast, you know, do a podcast episode, see if that gets any traction, right? Mm. So I'll do that podcast episode, you know, how to run Facebook ads. I'll then make a post on social media. Hey, guys, just released a podcast or just, yeah, just released a podcast episode, how to create Facebook ads. Comment below if you want the link, right? Sometimes these things get one comment. Sometimes these things get 100 comments, right? If the thing gets one comment, why can't I even get someone to listen to a podcast about the topic? <laughs> <laughs> I got zero chance of getting him to pay and actually do an online course for it, right? So that's yeah. kind of stuff. But then I even go deeper. Let's say the podcast does get some traction. Then I even just make a post. Hey, guys, thinking of creating an online course on, on this topic here, would you be interested in it? Once again, sometimes it gets one comment. Sometimes it gets 100 comments. If it gets one comment, I'm not even going to bother about it. Right, I'll go down a different angle or find something different. Um, if it gets 100 comments, right, I'm stacking the odds in my favor. Still no guarantee, right? because there's a big difference between making a comment and giving me your credit card details, um, but it, it's stacking the odds in the right favor. But even then, even if I get 100 comments from people saying, yes, I want to do this course, I still don't create the course. All I do is create the landing page and the, the unit overview. Right? I love and that of, so yeah, much. And it's 100%. Instead, instead of selling it as a five-module course, it's a five-week course. It's exactly the same thing anyway, but I just teach it live the first time, right? Hey, guys, sign up here. The course starts on Monday. You know, week one, we cover this, week two, this, week three, this, week four, this, week five, this. Now, the reason I do that, even if I've done all this market research to stack the odds in my favor, sometimes it still doesn't sell, right? So what I do is I've got that landing page. Then I put it out there. Hey, guys, you know, five-week course starts next week or in a couple weeks, whatever it is. You know, here's the link. Go here to register. And I'll market that for a couple weeks. Now, ideally, it makes sales. Great. Happy days. It makes sales. It's validated. I then teach it live. And then I'm actually getting paid to teach a thing, which is much more motivating. And it kind of gives me that kick in the butt. You know, sometimes you want to create an online course. Yeah, it takes you like, you always put it down the bottom of the list because it'd be boring taking videos on your own, you know? It's the the old that's one week ahead of the students. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. I just so, want to yeah. jump in, mate. There was a you said the word angle, which I think is really, really important from my marketing mm-hmm. side. I've got a great yeah. friend who does work with like mindset, motivation, self-belief, that type of stuff. And she's lovely, an amazing human being, an amazing course, amazing product. But she was positioning the course as emotional mastery. Yeah. And this person, she does listen to the podcast. She was a seven-figure gym owner. Wow. So I'll position it. I'm a seven-figure female entrepreneur that helps people with self-mastery. I said to this person, I said, do you think that if people made more money, it would allow them to self-regulate their emotions and be in a better state of mind? And she said, yes. I said, so that's the angle. Yeah. So even when you create the course, position it in different ways. Yeah. Hey, gym owner, I'll run your ads for free. Hey, gym owner, I'll follow up your leads for free. Hey, gym owner, I'll do your sales calls for free. Hey, gym owner, do you hate sales calls? Hey, gym owners, do you not have time to do sales calls? I said the same thing five different ways. Yeah, 100%. And even so the positioning we, and angle is important. 100%. And with the online course, it can be as important as the title, right? You can have the exact same thing in the course, right? You just change the, the, the course name and it gives it a, a different angle. So it may, yeah. I professed my love of the word bootcamp every episode. Yeah. I hate Jamie Richardson Fitness. Yeah. But I sure as hell love Newcastle Boot Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Call it what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like you've got one second to get their attention. Yeah. And that's the key. I'll even give a few things there, right? I'll give some examples of our courses. So um, a course by a friend of ours, JP. I think it was initially called like Myofascial Movement and Mobility Screen, right? Uh, didn't make any sales. Change your name. Mobility Essentials for Personal Trainers. Sales through the roof, right? Yeah. Uh, another course, Training Women 50 Plus, right? Change name, Training Menopausal and Perimenopausal Women, right? Same kind of thing, Training Women 50 Plus. What does that mean? Is that like a funny name for a circuit or 50 exercises, right? Yeah, um, but yeah some people might get it, some won't. So, yeah. 
Mate, um, we got lucky in 2015. We had a boot camp, got to 508 members, and I attribute most of the success to timing, location, and the word boot camp. Yeah. It's magical. Like people yeah. think fun, outdoors, park, $10 a session, beginner. So yeah. much doesn't need to be said. Yeah. It's more famous than the word F45, and I yeah. don't got to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. But if I call the exact same thing Jamie Richardson Fitness, yeah. what is that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So the naming of your offer is just so critical. The naming of your course is so critical. And I love those examples, mate, because you, you, you might have the perfect course sitting there. Yeah. The course was the exact same, right? Nothing changed in the course and we changed the name. Yeah. Man, that's, that's amazing. So, mate, you've since founded from that first unlisted YouTube playlist, Fitness Education Online the leading provider of CECs in Australia, 10 years in the game. Where have, where are you now 10 years later? Ooh, good question. This always kind of changes, right? Um, I probably don't even have a good 10-year um, plan, to be honest with you, but I'll, I can share the things that are kind of going around. So um, the Australian-New Zealand side of things is pretty solid. The thing I want to – there's probably two things I want to focus on there. Number one is get an organic game. Because at the moment, I do pretty much zero organic social media there. So I want to introduce that. But the key thing there, the, the bigger thing with that picture is for me to be like 100% hands off. Probably about 90% at the moment, which is good. Um, and that's even fine. I'll probably even stay 90% off, to be honest. Um, but if I'm going to bring someone, I, I don't want to have 90% off and then do a whole bunch of organic myself. I need to kind of um, figure a way to bring someone else to do that. And it's quite a challenging one because a lot of things that I've learned along the years have been learning from people that have done it before. You know, someone's already done this, I'll go and learn from that. The challenging thing with um, organic, and when I say organic, I'm speaking more kind of Instagram, TikTok, more Instagram and TikTok. Building your personal profile to drive traffic to fitness education online. Yeah, well, there's a couple, there's, there's a couple of things there, right? I don't want to go to that angle, okay? Because I want the ideal for me is to have you know multiple different businesses, right? That are essentially running them themselves, and then I also have a personal brand, right? So what I kind of want to do here, because I feel like it's me building my personal brand to send send traffic there, it's kind of like putting me back in the the business there. What I'd want is to to build like an Instagram or TikTok about fitness education online. That has nothing to do with Jono. And mm. I find that most people that are quite good at, um, at at Instagram and TikTok have done it via building a personal brand. And that's all they kind of teach, you know. Hey, here's me. Here's how I built my personal brand. Because you, like, you can build a personal brand, six figures, seven figures. It's not super hard. You know what you're doing. You're good at what you're doing. But I think it's a lot harder to kind of build a, a faceless brand without yeah. the person. You know, and I haven't found like it's someone that's mastered that, that I can kind of pay to, to teach me how to do it. So it might have to be back in those boot camp days, right? Let me just pay all these or find all these different experts that are doing it that way. And how yeah. can I do these 26 different Instagram courses and find one that, that works in a business well, without me there? I'll share my strategy, mate, and you can critique it. So my goal is to make 21 reels a week, post on five different platforms, 110 videos a week. Next year, I'm going to ramp it to 210 videos per week, 11,000 videos a year. And I want my face to be in everyone's feed every single day, five times a day. And I want people to think of, I need help with my gym. Jamie can help me. Yeah. That is that like, it's a uh, sales sniper boys, Matt Ryder, James Sackle. One of the most profound things I've ever heard from Matt Ryder. He said, if people know I exist, they're going to get better at sales, whether they pay me or not. Mm. And that's the entire goal of my personal profile. If you know that I exist, you are going to be a better gym owner if we never mm. speak. Mm. And He's people don't pay for information. People pay for implementation. And that's where mm. our done for you, everything comes in at the back end. Love it. I love that. Where I'm different to that is I don't, this is where it's, it's really hard for me, right? I don't necessarily want to be the face of fitness education online. I feel like I've kind of been there, done that. I want to go to that next step, which is like, it will be some kind of personal brand. Here's John's personal brand. And maybe there's some traffic that, that goes that way there, but I don't kind of want to be that. I want to see if I can have that going without me, like 
yeah, have that that um, brand going without me there. Yeah, which you, is hard. You are, you are the face, man. You are the face. You're Mr. Boot Camp. Maybe, but I want to get out of that. Like I feel there's mm. there's there's different kind of. Um, I think there's different things with business, right? There's some people that want just a life of business. It's like, right, I'm happy to leverage off my personal brand. I'll just, you know, work a couple hours a day and make good money there. That's fine. There's people that are super hungry, which I think is the stage you're kind of in. Where you're like, I'm hungry. I want to be known as this person. I'll do whatever it takes. Um, I, I'm not in that anymore. You know, it's kind of like uh, not in this space anyway. You know, I might mm. be in that you know, different space, how to grow an online business or online course or something maybe down that further down the track. Um, but in terms of like fitness education online, I, yeah. I, I want that, yeah, almost like, um, yeah, like businesses that just, you don't even know who the founder is, but they just work, but they're just really successful. Even even in the fitness space, even yeah. places like Australian Institute of Fitness, you know, Fitness Network, um, AIPT, I don't know who the face of those, you know, no. things are, um, but no. they run quite a successful business. That's more um, mm. what I want to go down there. There's a few other things, but that's kind of the, um, that step there, I think, is the the major focus. Yeah, cool. That's really, really exciting, mate. So just to grow, continue to grow fitness education online, you already are the number one CEC provider. So what what else can you do? Is it going to US? Is it going to Canada, UK? Is that even possible with the, like, how does that work? Yeah. So, and this is a good thing. I've just done this recently. So US is pretty much just a duplicate. It's like, right, few of the bodies over there. Let's get these same courses registered over there. Right, what ads are working in Australia? Let's just duplicate those ads, target them to America, put in US dollars, landing pages, US happy days. Um, UK I'll give, you an, I'll give you an amazing stat, mate, by the way. So yeah. south of San Francisco in California, there's more yeah. gyms there than in the entire continent of Australia. Yeah, there you go. So there's um, 57 million people in California alone. Australia is a tiny, tiny, tiny island. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. So US is going good for us. Even stats there. I think that's I checked before. It's about sixteen thousand dollars profit a month, without really doing any work. It's just whatever's happening in Australia duplicate. So, so can I ask a question, mate? So you're yeah. driving traffic to different courses. Do you have a sales guy, or is it add to cart purchase? So in Australia, it's sales. Um, it's salesperson. In yep. US, it's all just add to cart purchase. Because uh, I don't like, I just can't be bothered. It's just easier just, just to run an automation there. Um, but in saying that in Australia, most of the sales calls now are more for the Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. Mm. It's kind of a more expensive product, it's a more invested thing. Um, and more the, more and more of the CEC courses are, are add to cart. So depending yeah, on the they're, price, they're just things like, hey, we've got these 10 things, you need to do three to get your CECs, take your pick. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And how so, do you, how do you, how do you? Do you get experts in to create courses for you or do you build your courses yourself? Do you have like an advisory board on, okay, like if I want to teach marketing, these are the best practices in 2023. How do you, how do, you do that? So one of three ways. If it's something that I'm passionate about or me or my business partner, Travis, are passionate about, we'll create it ourselves. We're just like, right, we're passionate about it, we'll create it. Um, I'll, I'll use my system to make sure that it actually gets sales from it. But if it's you know my forte, I'll create that myself. If it's um, something else, we go one of two ways, and it kind of depends. And these are these are if you want to create an online course, these are a couple of good tips for people as well. We do one of two things: we'll either just pair, pay, um, partner with someone and have a 50-50 split. We'll say, for example, Jamie, you know you're a Facebook ad expert. Um, you want to put together a course? Great, let's put it together 50-50 split. Uh, you would do all the course content we put on our website. That's one way we do it. So mate, there's a way you can grow your education, fitness education online, get experts in that have brands, bring them under your umbrella. You sell their courses, take 50%. Yep. So I love that. There's a couple problems with that. Oh, that's exactly what I'm, I'm working on at the moment. I'll tell you the couple problems I've um, faced there. I find that if that person knows sales and marketing, they don't kind of need me. You know, like, <laughs> let's, that's let's, true. Let's, that's true. I'll give you an example because I'm doing that right now on our kids' fitness course, right? Mm. So I've paired with a guy who's a kids' fitness kind of expert, um, and there's story behind like how that kind of works there. Um, but the reason he wants to do it is he just likes creating the course, right? He doesn't necessarily want to do the the sales and marketing, you know. 
Um, but you're right. If I can crack that, if I can kind of teach this person how to do sales and marketing, and I can then just have 10 different people all with their own kind of course doing it that way there, like that's the money. Um, but that's the thing I find hard. It's like that person knows sales and marketing. They don't necessarily need me. Mm. Yeah. So you'd be like the, 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 an affiliate effectively then. You'd be an affiliate to all these people that sell courses under the fitness yeah. education online. That's that's, yeah. that's cool. I like that. I like it a yeah, lot. That's, I want that goal if I can find the, the right people. Um, yeah. That's one way. The other way we create them is more like summits. So what we would say there is, hey, Jamie, we want to put together a summit on Facebook ads. Can you put together one presentation on your specific style? And then we'll get someone else to give it on their style, their style, their style, their style. And we'd pay you for your time. You could obviously plug your services at the end, but we would own that that content for the course. Hmm. I like that. I've never been to um, many live events. Man, it's something they're going to do next year. I attend mm. Firelex, attend the Oz Fitness Summer, the US one, and just 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 see what's working because they're just such an amazing networking events. Yeah, agree. So, so mate, you asked me a question on your podcast last week that I'm now stolen for the rest of my life to ask this question to every person I bring on. Mate, who is your number one mentor in life? Who's your, who is the person that you've who's mentored you that helped you the most if you don't mind sharing their name, their story, and what happened? Okay. A lot of them. So, huh, where to start? I'll just rattle off a, a few of them. So, Ashley Bynes at the start, just more for that motivation, just more like that mindset of, you know, you can um, – you can make $75,000 a week if you're good at what you yep. do. So that was a massive one for me there. Um, from there, it's probably been more specific skills. So the next kind of skill I learned was email marketing. I learned it mainly from two people, Ryan Dice, digital marketer, and Ryan Lee. Don't know what his business is now. Um, then from there, I, I was able to email market, but I didn't have an email list. So then I had to learn Facebook ads. Um, I learned initially from Kim Barrett. Yep. Uh, who's presenting Alex. Yeah, he's, he's, he does have been in the, the fitness industry. He, so funny story. Um, wanted to learn Facebook ads. Reached out to a guy initially, paid him $5,000, um, was rubbish. He actually just stopped replying to my messages, right? Um, but I knew it was good. I knew there was money in Facebook ads. And Kim's sister, Ashley, was actually another instructor at the boot camp in WA. So I kind of mm. had a bit of trust there. I was like, um, I asked her, hey, is your brother good? You know, like, and he was just starting off. I think it was his first year or something. So, you know, I learned that from, from Kim Barrett. That was great. Um, then I needed to learn sales because I had all these leads coming in. I could sell via email, but I didn't know what to say on the phone. So I learned that from, um, you know, Gulliver Giles. Do you know who he is at all? I've heard of Gulliver Giles. Haven't consumed his content. Okay, yeah. So did his, went to his mastermind. It was interesting. I, he got me the same way your guys got you. He used to do like a sales intensive where basically you'd go to – like a workshop for a weekend and you just sell over the phone all weekend and he'd do that every three months and he'd post on facebook with the stats um and this is after i'd worked with kim barrett and kim barrett was the winner of that and it was something like i can't remember the numbers it was something like two hundred thousand dollars in a weekend and i was like kim barrett did that i'm like i know kim barrett kim barrett <laughs> can do that you know, why can't i so yeah did that there that's probably i think once i had those skill sets they kind of um, helped me because I'm sure you'd agree. Like if you can run Facebook ads, you can sell over the phone, can run email marketing. You're yeah. Pretty in, in yeah. If, if you effectively got marketing, sales and fulfillment, then you're just yeah. filling in smaller pieces for individual niches. But if you have, yeah. if you understand the broad concepts, yeah. cool. Mate, how much do you think you've invested in courses and mentors in your life? Oh, I don't know, probably say a couple hundred thousand, give or take. Do you regret any of that money? Um, one, uh, a couple. Yeah, 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 for sure. I've had, um, yeah, a couple that I would just never do again. Not They weren't necessarily, some of them were bad, but some of them just, I wasn't in the right, it wasn't right for me. Um, I think learning how to pick a mentor is a valuable skill. And I yeah. think if you pick a bad one, you'd learn from that. That helped me. That first one where I lost the 5K, that kind of showed me that, oh, okay, like the world isn't just all, people aren't just, you know, kind of who they say they are. You can kind of yeah. make stuff up online and, and that kind of stuff. So that there. But even still, I got, yeah, it's still a constant learning thing. Um, yeah. 
and some of them are good because they kind of point you in, you know, you realize what not what to do. Um, but even then, like I feel, even though yes, I regret some of those. It's kind of like you never know some of the time unless you do it, and it's yeah. almost worth the gamble. You know, like I probably would have made that decision again at the time, just being like, right, this is worth the gamble. Maybe it will work. Maybe it doesn't work. You know, because I think Hormozzi speaks about it. All you need is one of those things to to hit a home run and you're set. Yeah. And there's, there's no guarantee. Like, you'll try things. Some will yeah. work and some won't. Mate, I've got one final question for you. What question should have I asked you that <laughs> I didn't ask you? You stole two from me, mate. I did. Yeah, that's right. I stole them both from someone else. I think I stole that question from Kim Barrett, actually. Uh, I think he so stole think it from I him. stole it from yeah. him. You stole it from him. And now I stole it from <laughs> you. Yeah, it's a great exactly. question. So cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a good question. I ask it all the time, but I, I don't have an answer. I, I think you did well. You covered everything Everything I could think of. Yeah. Guys, if you're listening, my big takeaway from Jono is that you have to invest in yourself and you have to invest in your business because the other option is that you don't and you stay where you are year after year after year like some of those people Jono first started with at the Ashy Bynes Boot Camp. Since yeah. then, Jono took the leap, took the risk, had a few bad experiences, persisted, and now he owns Fitness Education Online, the biggest CEC provider in Australia and is currently going internationally. And I think you would agree, mate, you fumbled your ass through the first couple of years and that's okay. It's okay to suck. You are going to get better if you just don't give up. 100%. Agreed. Yeah. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, mate.